Oh, nope. Whoever it was hung up. So I don't think it was any of the gang there. Uh, so uh, the time is 7 o'clock. This is Redwood Community Radio, KMUD Garberville, KMUE Eureka, KLAI Laytonville, where the views and opinions expressed through the throughout the broadcast day are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of the station, its staff, or underwriters. Time will be made available for other viewpoints. Thank you for joining us. Support for the Herb Doctor comes from Tony Jones, who provides who provides Niazii Healing, a hands-on healing philosophy. Where together Tony and her client can explore old patterns and beliefs that no longer serve. Once empowered with new perspectives, different choices can be made moving towards a life that's truly desired. The phone number is 707-223-2724 for further information or to schedule an appointment. And I found the underwriter I was supposed to read before. Stark Management Consulting offers business owners a full array of administrative support from marketing and strategic planning to data analysis. Sarah can help clients understand financials and develop a brand using customized tools and one-on-one training to enhance the company's growth and stability. For more information, the website is sstarckconsulting.com. And apologies for not finding this before.
Well, I hate to say it, but uh, Doctor or Andrew nor Sarah have called or driven into the parking lot, and、uh, Doctor Pete is not answering the phone. Which I hear he only is only for this show, and he only answers when he's expecting to be on the show. So I'm assuming that because、uh, I've done it before, where I just Doctor Pete was here and took your calls all the time. Uh, but I'm afraid that that's not going to happen tonight. But I do have a Dr. Ray Pete from the strong—I mean,、uh, on the internet from the Strong Sisters website or、uh, YouTube channel.、Uh, and I've just started—I've、uh, skipped the intro because we all know and love Dr. Ray Pete and know a little of his background. If you don't, well, tune in next month. And I'm just going to continue here. I believe they're starting to talk about foods to prioritize versus foods to potentially avoid, and why. If it were up to you, what are about five to ten essential food items that you would recommend somebody includes in their diet? Special food items.、Uh, just like essential. Essential. So, kind of the most the food that people should prioritize they eat regularly. Would you say that the nuts and the seeds and the legumes、um, you're not incorporating because of the pufas? Cells and how they can cause insulin、uh, resistance. Um, it, 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 
organisms uh, have, have to, uh, uh, besides uh, surviving the winter, uh, which cold storage is very good for uh, 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 a seed to survive, uh, and uh, uh, in insects and fish and other uh, cold-blooded organisms, uh, frogs, for example, uh, can stand to be uh, even frozen, uh, but uh, they can live uh, daily life at, at a very low uh, temperature, close, close to freezing. Uh, and so those organisms, uh, a seed, when it's ready to germinate in the spring, for example, when it's still very cold in the northern climate, uh, they have to mobilize uh, their enzymes. There has to be mobility in the, the seed cells. Uh, and a, a fish or an insect naturally has to move even when it's very cold. And saturated fats harden at, at a, a very moderate temperature. Uh, if you put a, a butter in the icebox, it becomes very hard. Uh, even olive oil uh, uh, solidifies in the refrigerator. Uh, and so an animal or a plant uh, living in the north at a low temperature uh, simply uh, can't uh, survive if it has saturated fats for its energy storage. Uh, and so in proportion to the coldness of the climate, uh, they remove hydrogens from the fats, making them liquid at cold temperature. Uh, but the degree of unsaturation or removal of hydrogens uh, to make them uh, liquid oils in the cold, uh, it makes them highly oxidizable. Uh, and if you increase the temperature uh, of, of a fish, for example, at, uh, at, at uh, human temperature, 98 degrees, uh, a fish very quickly stinks. Uh, and uh, if you uh, put uh, highly unsaturated seed oil or, or fish oil, uh, if you uh, uh, raise it to uh, even room temperature or, or body temperature, in the 90 degrees Fahrenheit range, uh, they will quickly start to harden uh, the oxidation uh, uh, spreads and, and uh, hardens them into uh, solid masses. Uh, so uh, if an organism is going to live outside of that uh, uh, cold environment, uh, they have to get rid of the polyunsaturated fats. Uh, and uh, the, the warmer the environment is, uh, the uh, more saturated their fat has to be uh, to survive because uh, the, the highly unsaturated fats uh, simply turn to, to uh, blue, uh, uh, a plastic-like material uh, uh, that uh, So what does that do for metabolism? Like what, what part of the cellular metabolism does, do PUFAs interfere with? Like for example, along the electron transport chain. Thyroid hormone. Uh, and then 
circulating in the blood. If you ate enough, uh, that, that there's a measurable amount circulating, it keeps the thyroid hormones from being transported uh, on the blood proteins. And when it gets into the cells, it blocks the action uh, of uh, thyroid to stimulate respiration. Uh, and so the polyunsaturated fat uh, inhibits respiration, uh, uh, blocks the energy production, uh, and at the same time is starting to degrade and uh, produce the, the uh, reactive oxidative fragments that, that are toxic to cells. Uh, the circulating uh, uh, polyunsaturated fatty acids in the blood uh, happen to intensify uh, estrogen actions. It, it uh, re releases <clears throat> estrogen from binding proteins, uh, making it more active, and activates the estrogen receptors, uh, and it imitates the actions of estrogen. Uh, so, so they are, are systematically uh, impairing the metabolism and shifting the direction of animal metabolism. And part of that is the plant's defensive reaction. The rest of it is just in the nature of energy production and the fact that these random oxidative reactions are the, the opposite of what we need to produce energy. From my understanding, uh, PUFAs cause our fat cells to become insulin sensitive, and that's not what we want. We want our fat cells to become insulin resistant. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, 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 that, that's just one of <laughs> Yeah, you listed off the many consequences. Some people have questioned where is the role of monounsaturated fats in the diet then? So something like olive oil or avocado, how does that compare to the PUFAs versus the saturated fats that you often recommend, such as coconut oil or animal fats? Um, uh, when we eat carbohydrates in excess, uh, we make our own saturated fats. And uh, if we are free of of the polyunsaturated fats, uh, we can uh, modify a certain percentage of our saturated fats, uh, which we have made from carbohydrates, uh, or uh, a saturated fat from chocolate or, or beef, for example. We can unsaturate uh, midway down the uh, fatty acid molecule at uh, carbon number nine, uh, we can start a desaturation process there. It's nine carbons away from the end, and it's closer to the acidic head end of the fat molecule. Uh, so the, the acid end uh, makes it safer from oxidation. Uh, so the ones we produce from saturated fats or carbohydrates are called the uh, omega minus nine series fatty acids, uh, and those happen to be anti-inflammatory uh, and are protective against uh, the uh, plant-derived uh, uh, omega minus three or omega minus six fatty acids. So, are you saying that the omega nines, um, that's oleic acid? Is that right? Uh, yeah. That, Yeah. It's a major fat, and in olive oil, for example. So did, did you say that though the uh, omega-9s that we get from avocado um, or um, olive oil, those are protective against omega-6s and omega-3s, or only the omega-9s that we produce in our bodies? Uh, uh, the, the ones we produce in our, our bodies uh, independently uh, are purely anti-inflammatory. Uh, the trouble with those, uh, uh, olive oil even, uh, usually contains about 10% uh, 
that's a really important point that not many people talk about is there are different situations depending on whether you are eating in a caloric deficit or eating in a caloric surplus. It's almost like caloric surpluses can amplify some of these negative consequences. Uh, uh, what can amplify them? Being in, eating in a caloric surplus, so eating more calories than what you are burning. grew up and the way that we ate growing up, I can't even imagine how many PUFAs we've accumulated throughout the years. One of the essential foods or the foods that you would recommend for somebody to consume, you mentioned fish. So were you talking about like white fish or do you have any role in your diet for fish that are high in the essential fatty acids, such as something like salmon or salmon roe? So maybe cold water versus warm water fish as well. Uh, Salmon salmon is terrible because of its high content of polyunsaturated fats. Uh, the desirable ones, if you can't eat tropical fish, uh, like in the Amazon River where the water is very warm, uh, mm-hmm. fish fat is just about as saturated as butter fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, much safer. But the, the in the cold water fish, uh, you can select those with a very low body fat content. Uh, and so uh, uh, cod and sole, uh, for example, are much better than salmon. So I know a lot of people question then, like, how did the Inuits get by um, with very little health problems when they were eating a diet high in cold water fish. Do you have any insight on this point? It's a a very harmful diet. If you have a high metabolic rate and are able to oxidize the fats as fast as you eat them, they won't accumulate at a dangerous rate. But if 
So, to be honest, like a few years ago, we certainly thought that these were essential fatty acids. Do you have any resources that you would suggest someone to read through to kind of maybe get them thinking that maybe these aren't essential fatty acids? There's been so much propaganda um, for the benefits of these and that we need to consume them in a diet. What resources would you point people to to show that, hey, there's actually potential downsides to consuming these? will be coming soon. Okay, so moving on to a slightly controversial topic in the keto and carnivore community. Um, can you make the case for sugar? So not saying that sugar is like going to provide you with a ton of nutrients, but what role do you see sugar playing in someone's diet? Uh, bacteria. 
To summarize, basically, you're kind of saying that sugar is just easy, fast energy, and so it doesn't cause like negative effects of like, for example, um, digestion problems that maybe it would cause if someone had to break down like what's an example like sweet potato. Some people may have a problem breaking down sweet potato or other vegetables to get their energy, and so sugar can play a role in just providing fast energy that can access the cells quickly. Is that is that right? anti-fructose arguments bring up the point that fructose consumption doesn't spike insulin and so therefore you should stay below a certain threshold or else it will automatically lead to fat gain for example so where a lot of where are a lot of these like um, anti-fructose arguments coming from is it some relation to PUFAs um, where, where is that argument of it automatically leads to fat storage Uh, and uh, uh, 
argument that our um, audience will not like, but we like to challenge our views and challenge everyone's views. So appreciate you sharing. Now we have a follow-up on the sugar. Yeah. So considering we came from a keto and then carnivore zero carb diet, what is the best way for somebody to start incorporating sugar after they have starved their bodies from it for quite some time? Or carbs. Yeah. Uh, 
to someone who says, well, in the past, like our ancestors, they didn't have access to carbohydrates. And so they were certainly fat fueled, like they relied on animal meat and animal fats. argument that homo sapiens are like quite different than chimpanzees so for example like vitamin b12 in the gut digestive tract so just example of some of the differences so someone could argue that we are drastically different from them um and so is there any evidence from like our early lineage that carbohydrates were beneficial as opposed to ketosis many times that our environment right now is very different than environment of 
early Homo sapiens where we face a lot more stress from, for example, like 5G and other sorts of life stresses like pollution, etc. So I think that that's an, it's something to think about for the audience as well is like potentially our needs as human species now is different than it was X years ago. I, is that true of what you kind of believe? There's just some things we cannot control in our environment, but we can control our diet. So I just have one more follow-up question on the sugar and the carbs. What would you say to somebody who has type 1 or type 2 diabetes? Because I know that you definitely do prefer our main fuel source to be carbs, but so many people seem to be going to a low-carb diet to manage these conditions. Awesome. 
wasting away. Uh, even when they didn't eat sugar, uh, they would eat uh, steak, for example. Uh, it would show up in their urine as very high glucose, uh, and their body was uh, uh, disappearing uh, week by week. But when they fed them uh, uh, 12 ounces a day uh, of ordinary white sugar, as well as a standard meat and potatoes diet, they recovered. Wow. I heard Matt Blackburn talking about these studies and how they were like removed from scientific literature, like access to them. But he said he just bought a book on Amazon from like the British literature of medicine, I don't know, 18, some year, 1860 something. Um, and he now has access to those studies. So it'll be interesting for him to kind of post those um, so you, you have seen those studies? Um, uh, no, no, I haven't seen that book. Okay. But it's just, it's interesting because that's just not talked about anymore. Um, so I think it's an interesting perspective that maybe someone should consider. Um, but moving on to the, the final, like, kind of nutrition question that we have, and this was a very popular question from our audience. So, Dr. Pete, let's say that you were about 50 or 60 pounds overweight what would you do to lose weight? Uh, first, stop eating for a while. <laughs> and uh, then go on a, a low-fat milk and cheese diet with a little bit of orange juice and an occasional egg and oyster. Okay. Uh, uh, calcium and vitamin D are... Of the thyroid hormone, uh, uh, it's good to check your thyroid hormone and vitamin D if you're at all overweight, uh, because uh, a deficiency of those is extremely common and uh, slows the metabolism. Uh, a high PUFA intake uh, will, will suppress your vitamin D metabolism as well as your thyroid metabolism. Uh, so making sure those are are good, uh, and the you you want to lower the phosphate in, in your diet relative to calcium and, and so milk and cheese uh, as the staple of your diet uh, will uh, tremendously increase your heat production and energy metabolism, oxygen consumption, uh, and. Uh, make it much easier to lose weight and then uh, the foods uh, moderate amounts of uh, egg uh, uh, shellfish such as oysters uh, and uh, uh, some orange juice uh, will provide uh, essential nutrients and anti-inflammatory uh, things that uh, uh, support your background uh, metabolism I think that's Great. That's like the first time I've heard somebody describe a weight loss diet that isn't purely focused on calories, but instead focused on still getting the necessary nutrients that your organs need to function optimally. But would you still say that calories still do matter? He said, eat yeah, less. like so eat, eat less. Uh, uh, yeah, but the difference is that uh, a person who has been dieting uh, very often will be burning calories at a rate of seven or 800 calories per day. And so they get fat on just a few snacks. But when you shift over, uh, making sure your vitamin D and thyroid are okay, but shift over to a, a high calcium to phosphate ratio in your diet, uh, not much meat, not much shellfish, uh, not much Quickly 
hundred a day uh, up to the normal uh, uh, two thousand per day, uh, making a, a tremendously easier to lose weight. Uh, and uh, as you stay out of the stress condition, your muscles are going to recover. Uh, you'll put on weight in the form of muscle mm-hmm. as part of your ability to burn a uh, thousand or fifteen hundred more calories per day. And that was the version of Ask Your Herb Doctor without the herb doctors or Dr. Pete, but I did have some Dr. Pete information for you out there. Thank you all so much for joining us. And up next, we're stepping out on a wing and a prayer with Shyla and Shaka. Shaka. <laughs> 